0: name we pray amen you can be seated we're so glad that you're here today i see someone i hadn't seen in a while um we're glad that that uh that you've joined us if you're on youtube our our live stream service uh glad for those of you who've joined us in person um uh just under 2000 today for those of you who are uh on live stream not really uh we we have first class seating uh here so there's still room uh for you but uh, th- these are such odd times. Uh, we have to change the way that we do things uh, a little bit. Um, we-, we did something crazy out of the box this year for Vacation Bible School. We had it in the park. And, and we had 96 kids registered. We had an average of about 83, I think, or 85 uh, each day, 30-some workers. And we were spread all over the place. It was really kind of cool. In fact, we're thinking... That might just be our thing, that we do VBS in the park every year. Uh, it was really neat. Uh, great time with the kids. Um, so thank you guys for those of you who are praying for us. Um, uh, just really cool. Uh, if, you, if you see anybody like dragging around church today, they were probably helping with VBS. Uh, so we're, we're thankful for the way that God provides. We're in a series uh, in Luke. In fact, we're going through the gospel uh and and we usually call it the gospel of Luke. I like to call it the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That's really what it is. The good news of Jesus Christ according to Luke. And and Luke is a really cool guy. He's the detail guy, my my kind of guy. And you'll see a lot of the details as you go along. We talked a couple of weeks ago that there are a few reasons I believe uh Luke gives that great amount of detail. He was a detail kind of guy. He I, I bet if they had spreadsheets in a New Testament, he would have been a spreadsheet guy. Um Luke was a doctor, I don't know about you. I want my doctor to be a detail guy. Don't want him like to forget a scalpel or something, you know, if he's if he's working on me, I don't want him to forget, you know, what medicines he's already prescribed. So so I think that was kind of Luke's bent already. The other reason I think was is because it happened you know how we are when we tell a story you know i'm a pastor uh we we tell a story we give you details you know back in 1985 you know this you remember that that was the year that it froze in 1989 in houston everything froze that we do that we give that kind of detail because it it just happened and that's just the way we are but but luke I, i believe also as he gives this detail gives us some understanding into the surroundings uh, that, that he writes this remember he's writing Luke wasn't one of the eyewitnesses he wasn't one of the 12 disciples that we call the apostles Luke came along a little bit after in faith and and Luke said that he's writing to Theophilus and he investigated these things he set out to give an orderly account so that Theophilus could be certain of the things that he believed now, I like that and that's really the last reason I, I think that Luke gives these we can verify these things it, it's way cool um, uh, when, when Luke were. We're, this is Christmas in, in June here. We're in Luke chapter 2. And, and as Luke writes this, he's, he's giving all the surroundings, and these are verifiable things, uh, names of places and people and, and actually times that he gives us. And so uh, I, I like that. It, it's cool. Really, uh, we just finished a Bible study in our men's group called Is the Bible Reliable? And, and, and all those things come together uh, to, to just really give you a, a good, firm foundation in what we believe that the Bible's not a book of history, but there's a lot of history in there uh, It's not a, a book of geography, but there's a lot of geography in there And so it just really kind of helps us uh, realize that our faith is founded in fact Well today we're we're in Luke chapter 2. Jesus was already born uh, It is now time that he goes to the temple and and we encounter a couple of strange characters Now, now I know what you're thinking you encountered those on the way in this morning um, the, these are a couple of different strange characters. Uh, this is let, let me just read it to you. But I, I love the, the Bible's So cool. I, I'm really glad that the Bible isn't being written now. I don't think I would be in it, thankfully. But it doesn't candy coat things. It, it just tells things like they are. And and so we, we run across a couple of interesting people. Let's begin. This is Luke chapter two, uh, beginning in verse twenty two. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, They brought him, that is Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. To offer a sacrifice, So they brought him up, uh, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves, two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ, that is, Messiah. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, that is Simeon, took him, Jesus, up in his arms. So imagine this, that Simeon takes Jesus in his arms. This is Yeshua. This is the Christ, the Messiah, that he'd been waiting for. Takes him in his arms, and here's what he says. Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples a light of revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel and his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother behold this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce your soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Pheniel, the tribe of, an Asher, of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up from that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all that is Jesus, to all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. Now, now, what a cool scene. Picture this. We've just had the birth of Christ. The angels appeared to the shepherds, telling them uh, that, that this was happening, this was going on, God's fulfillment of his promise. Uh, they went. Uh, imagine if you were Mary and Joseph taking all these in, these things that 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 were said to you about this child that was going to be born early. And all of these are being confirmed now by, by the angels to the shepherds. And the shepherds came and told them everything that the angels had said. And, 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 and Mary and Joseph are, are just kind of holding these up the way that, that it's said of Mary is that she treasured these things in her heart. And, and so now they're taking him to the temple, which was the, the custom. And, and, and here comes Simeon. Now, that's not a very common name. Do you know anyone named Simeon? Maybe it, if you do, he's probably a pastor's kid. You know, we, uh, my, my daughter's name is Hope, you know. Uh, we could have had a, a, a softball team of girls, hope and faith and grace and charity. and But I, I've never met a guy named Simeon. In fact, every time I hear that, I think of a, of a, of a primate, of a monkey, right? It's Simeon. So we don't, that's not a very common name. Simeon comes. Now, Simeon is a righteous guy, and, and God has done something really cool for Simeon. He's told him... That you will not die until you have seen the Lord's Messiah. Until you have seen the fulfillment of the promise that God gave. That, and, and, and you guys know, I, I've said this to you a lot. When I read the Bible, I like put myself there. Imagine you were Simeon and God told you that you would not die until you saw the Lord's Christ. Every single day I would wake up going, is it today? Is it today? I'm going to go hang out at the temple just in case it's today. I don't want to miss it. Is it today? But you know, isn't that how we're supposed to live? Because Christ could come back at any time. And and shouldn't we live every single day, saying, "God, is it? Is it today?" There's a book written called Safely Home, and it's a it's about a guy who is a Christian in China, and his father was martyred for his faith. and And he wakes up every day saying, "Lord, is is today the day that I die for you?" Isn't that cool? Some of you are like, well, not really. I think so. I mean, imagine every single day, God, is it today that I'm going to get to see the Christ? Is it today? And that day it was. And so he comes and and he blesses and he tells them these things. And and he affirms, he, he gives them confirmation that this is the fulfillment of the promise of God. This is Christ the Messiah. And, and, and I bet they're still reeling over that. Can you, I can't imagine what it would have been like anyways to be the parents of Jesus. Talk about awesome responsibility. Parents, it's a big responsibility already. But, but then I, I think they were probably still amazed by that. And, and the way that it, that it says here about Anna, it, it says in, in the same hour. So we don't get the idea that it was back to back. But I think they were probably still just amazed at what just transpired with Simeon. And then here comes Anna. And, and Anna, we don't know how long, what, what, what age she was when, when she married young, I, I would, uh, would imagine, and, and lived with her husband for seven years. Then he died, and then she was a widow. She was 84 at this time. I, I love the Bible so much fun, by the way. Um, when guys get a little further along in the Bible, they're old. When women get a little further along in the Bible, they're advanced in years. that that, that's just smart (laughs) luke wasn't a dumb guy so she was advanced in years she was she was about 84 and and it says this is the way it describes her she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day this was a godly woman every day she's in the temple with fasting and with prayer this is amazing to me and And so they're still, I think, reeling from this confirmation from Simeon. And then here comes Anna. And coming up that very hour, it says, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him, that's Jesus, to all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. Now, we don't have her words, but I would imagine that they went something like this, that she ran around saying, it's here. The redemption of Israel has begun. God is fulfilling his promise in our midst. And I'll bet you that those people knew her because she hung out at the temple a whole lot. And and for this woman to finally begin to say this was amazing. Amazing. But that's not where I want to camp on for the message today. That was just the introduction. So, So picture this scene. You've got Simeon who's bringing confirmation that this child is the salvation. That they've been waiting for. And then you have Anna who is giving confirmation that this child is the redemption that they've been waiting for. And And those are really the kind of the two words that I want to camp on today. Some We, we hear church words all the time, don't we? Um, when's the last time you used salvation and redemption in, in, in just a regular conversation, n- not with a church person, but try it. Go to Instant Karma right? and, and, and work that into a conversation somehow. I'm looking at my brother, Pastor. He's probably going to go witness to her now. <laughs> those, we use these words a lot. We don't really think about them a whole lot. So I want us to kind of pick those apart a, a little bit today as, as, we, as we let that sink in. So salvation. Let, let me just get, kind of give you the big idea first before uh, I, I get too far along. Uh, in case you space out, this is what you want to hang on to. By the way, all these notes... If you'll go to the U uh, Version Bible and go to events, you've got the notes that are all on there. The big idea is this that Jesus came to redeem every area of our lives. Jesus came to redeem every area of our lives. All right? So, so now let's look at these two words salvation. Jesus came to save us from our sin. Now, how many of you have heard that? You guys have been around church for a while. Some of you grew up in church. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot. I met the Lord at 15. Now, I do remember as a little kid, my, my neighbors took me to church. I, I don't even remember their names, but I remember th- this incident. So, so they took me to church with them. It, it was a Sunday evening, I suppose. It was at night. And and God convicted me. God worked in my heart. I was probably like about five. And and before I knew what was happening, maybe you guys had an experience like this. Before I knew what was happening, I was down front. I was at the altar. I don't remember walking there. I don't remember getting there. I was just there. And, and this very well-meaning, I'm sure she was a young lady. I thought she was old at the time, so she's probably like in her 20s, you know when i went down asked me do you know the lord's prayer now, this might, may have been the first time i'd ever been to church in my whole life and i was embarrassed to say no i didn't even know what she's talking about not the lord's prayer the sinner's prayer do you know the sinner's prayer and and i lied and said yes so we bowed our heads you know you ever you see kids doing that they peek around after what i thought was a reasonable amount of time i raised my head and so did she and She said, you you can go home and tell your parents that you got saved. I'm thinking, I don't know what I was in danger of, but I got saved. Okay, I don't, I was wondering. And as we're leaving, it got more confusing because they were reminding me that the couple that brought me said, you go home and, Tell your parents that you got saved tonight. And this little kid walking out with us, this little boy goes, I got saved one time. I was jumping over a creek and I almost fell in. And I reached out and grabbed a branch and it saved me. And I was thinking, I don't have a clue now what he's talking about. I, I, I I'm, There's not a creek around here, you know. I didn't realize God began working in my heart at, at that time. Just, I'm a slow guy. It took 10 more years after that. I didn't. I didn't realize it at the time, but what they were trying to say to me, in their well-meaning way, was that when Jesus came, He came to save us from our sin, not from a creek. He came to save us from our sin, and, and so as we talk about salvation, that's what we're talking about. Salvation in, in, in this now. Now we know that there are really there, there's a lot to salvation, but but for this discussion today, um, uh. Salvation deals with the punishment for sin. Let let me explain that just a little bit. That that when we sin, that we incur a debt, the payment of sin, the wages of sin, it says in Romans 6.23, is death. Anybody in here ever sin? Romans 6.23 said we all have. So we've all sinned and we all have this, this debt that that is incurred by sin. When Jesus came, he came to save us from that. And and let me just read a couple of passages for you. We'll, We'll dig into this a bit toward the end. John 129. This is John the Baptist. He's there. Jesus comes up. Here's what it says. The next day he, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, that kind of probably left them wondering a little bit like I did when that little boy talked about being saved from the creek. First uh, 1 Timothy 1.15 says this, Paul writes, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I love the way that Paul adds this, Of whom I am foremost, or your translation may say, Of whom I am chief, I'm the chief sinner. <laughs> the, the biggest one around. Jesus came to save us from our sin. And, and sometimes we, we need to unpack that a little bit. What does that mean? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, here's, here's what Paul writes. And I love this picture. This, this helps me a lot. It says, For God made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin to become sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. So, so let, me, let, me, let me explain this a little bit. When Jesus was on the cross... We say stuff like Jesus died for you. Jesus died on the cross for you, and, and, and it's true. But, man, there's a lot more to it than that. When Jesus was on the cross in a way that I don't fully understand, I just know it, God took our sin and placed it upon him on the cross. Jesus became our sin on the cross. Then God poured out his wrath upon Christ The punishment that we deserve for our sin, because Jesus took our sin, God gave him that wrath, that condemnation. Jesus was cursed because of our sin. That blows my mind. And he did that so that we could become right in the sight of God. We could become righteous, God's righteousness And that's why in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 I've said this to you a lot, but I just have to stick with this We need to understand this Romans chapter 8 verse 1 where it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ It doesn't mean people aren't going to call you names They might call you a name when you leave here today. I don't know It doesn't mean people aren't going to pick on you. It doesn't mean you're not going to be persecuted What he's talking about here is is there is therefore now no basis upon which God can condemn those who are in Christ because he already condemned Christ. There's nothing left. Think of it this way. God poured his wrath out upon Christ so that for those who are in Christ, there's none left. There's therefore now no more condemnation for you because Jesus took it all. Well, that excites me. I heard an amen on on a the streaming they were saying at home and 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 the best picture i can see of this isaiah writes this hundreds of years before jesus this isaiah couldn't have been more clear in his description of what happened on the cross if he had been there and he writes it hundreds of years before isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 he writes this he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement. You know, we think of that as, you know, uh-uh, quit that. I'm just messing with you. He's not doing anything wrong. We, we think of it like that. No, that's not a pat on. Upon him was the wrath of God, the punishment that we deserved, that brought us peace. That is a right standing or righteousness in the sight of God. And with his wounds, we're healed. That's not a physical healing that he's talking about here. It means we're saved from our sin. We're saved from the punishment of our sin because Jesus took it all. Thank God. If God hadn't got a hold of me when I was 15, I don't think I would have made it to 16. I I really don't. So now let's look at redemption. That was that was the introduction part two. Because redemption is something I think we need to get. We've got to get this as believers. Redemption. let, Let me say it this way, and this is where we began Jesus came to redeem every area of our lives. You got some junk in your heart? Jesus came to redeem that. Some sin that you committed long ago? Jesus came to redeem that area of your life. Your tongue? Jesus came to redeem your tongue. He came to redeem your heart. He came to redeem your mind. He came to redeem your relationships. Jesus came to redeem every area of our life and and so this is a part of salvation now the first part where we talked about really is justification It's just as if we'd never sin get god Jesus paid for our sin. He canceled the debt of our sin. That's what we talked about before Now this is another part the ongoing salvation. This is sanctification But this is ongoing, and God continues this. We forget this as believers, that we not only were saved, but we're being saved. He's redeeming us. God, there's not a door in your heart that God doesn't want to walk through to redeem that. Redemption, really, it means to ransom or to buy back. It has with it this idea of being restored or, or restoration, God, when when I talk about Jesus came to redeem every area of your life, God wants to restore you, not not just like in justification with right relationship with him, he wants to restore everything about you so that it's right, according to his design. Some of you are like, man, he's got a lot left in me. Me too. And, And this is where I think we mess up with our our friends and our family and our coworkers and our neighbors who aren't believers we want to pretend like this is already all done i'm a christian it's hard when you're a pastor everybody thinks you're perfect well no they don't they think you ought to be perfect they know we're not and and that's a problem in the community and so listen We just need to be real with them. We need to be genuine with them. We need to be authentic with them and let them know God's not finished with me yet. He's still redeeming my heart. That bad attitude I had against you last week, man, I am so sorry. Will will you forgive me? God's not finished with me yet. He's still redeeming that part of my heart. You know, we, we might call them hang ups. We got issues, don't we? Some of us have more issues than others. Jesus wants to redeem those. And sometimes it's the sin that we committed. And and that sin, you know, Paul talks about like a besetting sin. It just seems like we just keep falling into that. God wants to redeem that. Jesus came to redeem that in your heart. Sometimes it's sin that's committed against you. Listen, sometimes that's harder. You ever try forgiving somebody Who never asked for forgiveness? You you ever try forgiving someone who's still sinning against you? Jesus did that when he was hanging on the cross. You know what he said? Father, forgive them. They They don't understand what they're doing. Jesus died for the one crucifying him while he was crucifying him. Redemption deals with the effects of sin. That doesn't give you a free ride. It's not a you know, get-out-of-jail-free card. Paul said grace doesn't give us a license to sin. But redemption deals with, with restoring us to the place of righteousness with God. And it's an ongoing thing. Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom, that is in Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, Paul writes this because you've you got to understand, in God's economy, it's a done deal. Some of us are like, well, it's still being done. I wish I would get done. Th- that's why I love Romans chapter 8. He says, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of God. Here's what I get from that. I'm sorry, the image of Christ. Here's what I get from that. God says to me, Larry, you will be made into the image of Jesus. One day, Larry, you will be perfect as Jesus is perfect. And you guys are looking at me and saying, man, it's a long time from now. I don't know, because Paul talks about, too, in a twinkling of an eye, if I were to like, keel over right here, I know it would be traumatic for you. It would be great for me. Because <laughs> I get to step from this imperfection into perfection. He's going to do it. He will. For those who are in Christ, He will bring it about. You, you ever thought about this? You're not big enough to mess up God. I don't know if I said that right. Again, You're not big enough to mess up god aren't you glad because i could i mean i would if i could do it i would titus 2 14 paul writes to titus and he's talking about jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness you could write in sin there to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works listen he is redeeming us. He's redeeming us individually. He's redeeming us as the body of Christ, as a church for a people purified for his own possessions, zealous for good works. Man, that's where I want to be. And then finally, 1 Corinthians one thirty, And because of him, Jesus, or yeah, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. We would do so well if we would just learn to be real, not just with one another, but with our friends and our family and our coworkers and our neighbors. If we'd just be transparent and say, you know what? Confess your sin. When you sin against them, confess. When you sin in front of them, confess it and ask for forgiveness and let them know, you know what? God's still working in my heart. Man, I wish he was done. I'll be glad someday he'll be finished, but he's not finished. W- will you forgive me? That, that you don't you don't lose their respect when you do that. You gain their respect. They know you're not perfect. They know it. They live next door to you. They stand behind you at Walmart. They might have been that car that you honked at, that cut a cut you off. <laughs> They know you're not perfect. Would you just be real with them? Doesn't give you a license for sin, but to say, you know what? Man, God's still working in my heart, and and I'm sorry. Will you you forgive me? I know God will, but I need to ask you to forgive me for that. What, What they're seeing then is that they too can have a relationship with God through Jesus. Because when we pretend to be perfect, by the way, there's a word for that. It's called hypocrite when we pretend to be something we're not and that's our biggest that's the biggest knock the world has against us by the way we're hypocrites we pretend to be perfect we're not they know it we know it god knows it your kids know it don't look at your parents kids when i say that just be real with them and 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 here's what we we give them the impression that they've got to get it all cleaned up before they come to christ you 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 take all you get all your mess fixed. Then you can come to church. That's the impression we give them. We don't mean that. We know that that's not true. You, you come to Christ to get cleaned up. I, I love you guys that probably heard this. Are you ready? We catch them and he cleans them. <laughs> we just share the gospel with them. God does the work in their hearts and draws them to them. And he changes them. We can't change them. We can't even change us. God has to do that. And... If we could just be real with them, be authentic with them, what we're doing is modeling for them what a relationship with Jesus looks like. And if they say, listen, if we're real with them, some of them are going to say, you know what, man, if God can work and change Larry's heart, he can work and change mine. If if God can do that for Larry, he can do that for me. So today we get to, to take lord's supper together this is this is like one of the coolest things we get to do as a church because what what we're doing first of all it, it's a, a symbol of the unity that we have together that we are the body of christ now we come to church we say that right we come to church what time's church <laughs> we are the church we come together to celebrate in the worship and this is a symbol of our unity together in christ as we take the lord's supper but it also is something else it it reminds us of our salvation, that Christ on the cross became our sin. He took the punishment for our sin. It reminds us of our redemption, that that Christ, through his blood, initiated a new covenant with us, one that doesn't depend on us, thank God. He did it all, and he works in us to change us. And so today, as we, as we take communion together, we're, we're trying to be good here, not spread too many germs. And so on, on the, the little chairs on the side, uh, you can come and pick that up. And here's, here's the way we're going to do this. Uh, the worship team will come, and, and we're going to sing together a song. While we're doing that, if you need to take care of the business with God where you are, just do that. That's okay. I, I guarantee you, there's nobody here who hadn't sinned today, probably, or this week, or... Maybe on the way to church, sometimes that's the hardest ride, isn't it? If you just need to take care of business with God, just do that. When, once you've had a chance to do that, then, then come and, and, and get these. Now, I'll tell you, there's a really thin piece of plastic on top. Take that off first. That'll get you to the piece of styrofoam that's in there. The bread. Go back to your seat and wait. And and let's take communion together as a body. Okay, Let me pray for us as the worship team comes. God, we love you. Would you help us love you better? Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you just love us because you choose to. We didn't earn it. We can't turn it away. And God, as as we together as the body of Christ sit around your table, Take the bread that reminds us of the body of Christ, that he who knew no sin became our sin so that we could become your righteousness in him. And the blood, the new covenant that he makes with us, not the one of law, which is all about doing, but the one of grace, which is all about what he did. Lord, would you, would you unite our hearts together? Holy Spirit, if there's anything in our hearts, if there's a, a place in our lives that we, we, we've been holding on to that you need to redeem, would you just convict us with your Holy Spirit? Would you just uh, enable us to just release that to you? And God, if there's an area in our hearts that you need to redeem, would you just do that for us today? And Father, if there's anyone who's never put their hope and trust in Christ, if they've never come to the place where they believe in christ that they trust in him in his savior and lord and and receive the gift of salvation that you give us by your grace would you just would you just draw them to you would you just open their eyes would you do the work that lord only you can do so that god they can come to faith in jesus and begin life like you always intended and Father, we just pray that, that, Lord, you would let us be the light to the world. This morning, would you work in our hearts? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.